Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 71 of A Play on Nerds. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve, and this is the other co-host, Jarman. And we're here to entertain you, or at least make you shrug a lot. Eh? Eh? I guess. <laughs> so, for this episode, we're going to be talking about Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, in our ongoing series where I make Steve watch all the Star Trek movies, and he makes me watch all the Muppet all movies. All the Muppet movies. And we each get to torture each other. It's pretty various nice. various levels, depending on the movie. Yeah, I guess some of them are pretty bad in the Star Trek series. I don't know about the Muppet ones. Yeah, there's some there's some gems. There's some real good ones. Oh boy. Muppets Wizard of Oz comes to mind. <laughs> That's a movie? It happened. We all have to live in the in the oh, reality no. where that occurred. We're gonna have to watch that one? Maybe. We'll see. I don't <laughs> I, I don't I think I've only watched it once. It it's late. It was made for TV. It's got Queen Latifah in it. I don't there's a oh, lot no. of things that I don't care for. It does have David Allen Greer though. So definitely nineties. Uh, or like early 2000s. Yeah. Because no one's heard from David Allen Greer in years. Yes, that's accurate. No, he just <laughs> played um in the the like NBC live version of uh, The Wiz. He was the Cowardly Lion. Really? Yep. He just, so, so he just hit the scene again. Huh. And he's gone again for another decade. Yeah, I remember him in Blank Man. That was good. Blank with, Man was great. With Damon Wayans, I think. Yes, Blank Man was a brilliant movie. If you have not seen it, check out Blank Man. I highly recommend it. <laughs> Back in the day. Back in the day. Uh, but yeah, before we get into all that fun, uh, what have you been up to? It's I think we like we went through the holidays between the last time we've done yeah, this. Yeah, was it before Christmas? I guess it was because I remember I wanted to get the this the Star Wars episode recorded and out so that we could get some of those sweet Christmas. That's right. Like views, and we got a lot of. Uh, well, I'll have to check on what the views were, but we got a lot of views for the post on Facebook, at least. Damn right. 600 people saw that post somehow. And if one out of every 10 of them actually went, <laughs> one out of every 100 actually listened, that's six people. Well, we had a, a, a good amount of downloads. I'm not going to reveal the exact number to the public, but I'll let you know Because we want, we want them to keep thinking that we have <laughs> thousands of people listening to us, right? <laughs> But anyways, uh, I did a big Christmas with the family. Everyone came Good. to my mother's house uh, here in Winter Park, Florida. Uh, that was fun. I haven't seen the whole family in a long time. I got a big old family. And then, uh, yeah, after that, went to Marco Island, which is a, uh old people vacation destination <laughs> for uh, in Florida. But uh, it's through, I went there to meet um, both of my girlfriend's parents, and that was fun for Ooh, four days. meeting the parents. They were a lot of fun, though. They're um, they're both stagehands on on Broadway for years. They were in the, the stagehand union. So uh, wow, got lots of cool stories about. He did a sh her dad did a show with uh, Frank Sinatra several times, and one time in Rio de Janeiro, and all over the place. And uh, 
you know, having cocktails. We were drinking beers on the beach and stuff. It was it was a good time. So wow, definitely, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I did hot yoga for the first time. That how was, was how was that? Well, uh, I opened the door to the place and I was like, can't breathe. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. <laughs> and we were like five minutes late. So everyone was already like in a squatting position. And, and like they all looked at us when we walked in the door. And, and I found a mat, got down and tried to follow along. Supposed to be like a beginner's friendly class, but they didn't explain anything. So I had to keep looking to my left and to my right. And I think people were thinking I was checking them out while they're doing yoga because I was the only guy in the class. <laughs> so, yes, naturally. Yeah. But afterwards, man, I felt fantastic. I felt well, good. really good. Yeah, it's like so it, sauna and stretching. Exactly. And then like halfway through, they turned the sauna off and did like a kind of more relaxed stress and then like um, a meditation period. So it was very relaxing. I wish I could do that every week. Hmm. Maybe, without, maybe without the hot part. It's the regular yoga would be nice. That's true. Yeah. And what, so what did you get for Christmas? Uh, well, we didn't do a lot of gifts this year for the family because we wanted everyone to be able to save some money. But um, I got a new Bluetooth speaker. From my Ooh, mother, which is very nice. I love nice. those things. They're so help useful. You can bring your phone anywhere and play music with this nice, like high quality speaker. It's only as big as like a I don't know, like a tall canister, basically. Yeah. Um, one of those JBL flip things they're called, I think. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a little bub calendar. Everyone loves little bub. I don't know what little bub is. Oh. I've got to look this up. Search little bub and you'll be delighted for hours. <laughs> He's one of the famous internet cats. And he has some kind of oh, disorder. Oh, the derpy cat. <laughs> yeah, he's the derpy cat. His if you had said derp cat, out. I would have known exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> well, his, his real name is Lil Bub. And um, I have a whole calendar for 2017 with Lil Bub on it. Well, that's different... adorable. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, yeah. And uh, oh, oh, one cool thing my aunt and uncle got me was um, they paid for me and my sister to have our our mouth swabbed and sent away for the DNA test thing where they tell you where uh, all like your... tw- 23 and me. Yeah. And that's yeah. funny thing is it's only one of us has to do it because we're direct siblings. So with the same exact parents. So one of us is going to send it away and see exactly our whole lineup. So I'll report back and see what I am. Okay, how much cool. Of a Neanderthal I am and that kind of stuff. I'm going to put my chips on white. <laughs> Very Caucasian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what so is your background so again? You're, you're... I'm just very white. Like German, German. Yeah, on my mom's side, like British and Welsh. We have the same makeup. Maybe some German Austrian. We're all mutts now. It doesn't matter. But I'm like, yeah, like half German and another half Welsh, Irish, Scottish, yeah. Irish. So there wasn't anything else that anyone got you that was really cool for Christmas? <laughs> there was one other may- really cool may- thing. Maybe a cool co-host that got it for you? <laughs> yeah, my co-host Steve got me. Actually, it's right behind me on the wall right now um, in my awesome. office. Awesome. It's, um, it's a painting of Spock's face in a very cool, stylized, different colors and um, kind of pop artish almost. Yeah, pop art. It was a good way to describe. It. Yeah, I'll take a picture of it and post it on the page or something. But that's really cool. But right now, my office has that behind me. I have a very um, old school, cartoonish propaganda poster of the Enterprise. And then to, to my <laughs> left cool. is a Chris Hardwick signed poster. And then uh, another picture of Spock I got at MegaCon. Uh, another guy's artist rendering of Spock. So it's very Star Trekky. Very Star Trekky. Yeah, I saw it, and it was it was too good to not get it for you. Did you get my gift eventually? I we did. Oh, good. So well, we'll segue into what I got for Christmas. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so this year we really we admit that our life is about the baby now, and so a lot of the things that we asked for and received were for her, for us, kind of. Yeah, uh, and we're we're totally okay with that. <laughs> it's helpful. Um, so Jeremy got us a little. Starfleet uniform. 
onesie <laughs> that has so like a cute. little like skirt on it almost um like a frill i'm not sure how to describe it because i don't know girls clothing i'll have to see a, a little, picture of it a, a little skirt on it it's a little too big yeah, it does there's like a, a fringe <laughs> skirt right around the waist weird um and we haven't tried it on her yet because it's still just looking at it, it's a little too big but she'll grow into it yeah That's it's supposed to part. be the youngest they have was six months so i figured it'll fit yeah. her in a little while it'll yeah. fit for like two weeks and then it won't be able to wear it anymore <laughs> yep uh, but yeah, that's the best part about kids. They'll grow into it. Yeah. Uh, so we got that. Um, we got a food processor because we want to make some of our own baby food. Um, but also I like it because I never have to like slice onions again. Oh, that's helpful. Right. Exactly. We got a new plastic dishware set that we're going to use because she's going to break things and it's going to help to eliminate that. That is helpful. Uh, now I'm just looking around the apartment to see what we got. <laughs> uh, of course, Anna... <clears throat> being just awesome my wife is like the best gift giver oh all, always um and so this year i i gave her one big gift i gave i got her a new phone nice uh the iphone se the one that's like the smaller older style but it's got all new insides oh okay it's not yeah the giant she doesn't size. right she doesn't her hands are too little she hates the big phones makes sense so it was the perfect compromise so i got her one big thing but because of that she got me like six awesome little things uh, let's see. From here, I can see uh, when the Muppets Take Manhattan came out in theaters, Marvel released a special three-part comic series uh, of the three, like the beginning, middle, and end of the film. Uh, and she found me a three-piece set of it. Oh wow! Which is friggin' amazing. Uh, these she got me a set of these dinosaurs, like Burger King kids meal toys from like the nineties. <laughs> that cool. she found a really good set of. Um, Macy's in nineteen seventy nine. Uh, did a special release of Muppet Christmas ornaments, and we uh, she found Fozzie Bear for me last year, and she found me the Kermit and Piggy to go with it this year. Oh, uh, just lots of yeah. She's she's a great she's a great gift giver. Those are That's all going killer. in the display case. They are in the display case because I now nice. have a child that will ruin everything I love. I can't wait to have a display case. I'll be a real adult collector at that point, dude. You want to? Okay, so here's here's pro tip. Uh huh. So we looked at display cases online. And some of them are so stinking expensive, mm. like stupid, stupid expensive, three, four hundred dollars. But if you go to Ikea and look in the gardening section, they have these little indoor greenhouses that are literally just a display cabinet. Huh. And I think we got ours for like one twenty five or one fifty, like a fraction of the cost because it's not made for that, but it's perfect for it. Right. It took some put together, but otherwise it was it's great. That sounds awesome. Pro, pro tip. Enjoy. <laughs> Just because they brand it as a display case, it makes like $200 more expensive. Right. Exactly. I'm trying to think. I think those are the big ones I got. But, oh, and then lots of outfits for the kid and books for the kid. You know, stuff to help fill our shelves. She better be reading already, right? She better be, yes. <laughs> so how old uh, is she now? She is. We just had, on Tuesday, we had the four-month appointment. Oh, wow. Uh, so she's four months and a week or something, something close to that at this point. Uh, a little bit disappointing because we went in and uh, she hasn't hit her weight goal yet. Oh, switch stinks. Uh, she's fallen off the chart for weight, but she's higher up on the chart for height. So she's still growing. She's, she's just, just a weed. Basically, <laughs> she's thin. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, a thin little lady, uh, which is if she has the metabolism on Anna's side of the family, uh, I'm not surprised. And all nice. of Anna's brothers are the types that can like eat whatever they want all the time, and they just don't put on weight. 
Are they taller? Yes. For the oh. most part. Two of them are taller. One of them's, you know, medium height. Well, good. She's just a thin little thing. Yeah, she's just a, she's a petite little lady. She's a wee little lass. But we're going to feed her a little <laughs> bit more and shove the bottle in her mouth some more and get her weight up so that we can get the doctor off our back more than anything. There you go. But yeah, she's hitting all her milestones. She's holding her head up on her own. She's getting close to crawling. Like, it's a nightmare. A lot of smiles. So, so many smiles. We've gotten, she'll like laugh, but it's always short lived. <laughs> she's like, she's like, ha ha. And that's, that's it. There's no on, ongoing giggle that we've gotten out of her yet. Interesting. Yeah, but I'll do like shimmy hands and she'll go. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> inter- dad. Now that's entertain me, clown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she's doing great. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, and also, your baby looks so much like an alien when it was born. Just being totally honest, and that oh, that that's usually, totally legit. That usually makes for very pretty, pretty adults. Oh yeah, because the big eyes and everything, you want that in a baby. Yeah, she's got giant creepy eyes and bulbous oh, yeah. head, and <laughs> it's adorable. Starting to get cheeks and multiple chins, just like her dad. <laughs> Skinny, but yet with multiple chins. Yeah, like she's got weird fat stores. It's strange. <laughs> Babies are weird. Babies are weird. <laughs> but you're liking it. You're liking being a dad. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's nothing. There's nothing more rewarding. That's pretty awesome. And, and like, I'm not going to. Everything is different. Everything changed. Is changed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in fact, the other day, I was walking in the kitchen with Joycey and I said, Joycey, it's not that mom and dad were happier before you got here. It's just that we were different people. We had to quit heroin. Yes. <laughs> I'm not giving up meth, though. Yeah. Pick the wrong day to quit meth. <laughs> I've already lost too many teeth to turn back now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you said you guys were having a very low-key Christmas, right? Yeah, we did. We actually, for Anna's family Christmas, we went up on the 23rd to um, her mom's place because her brother, who is a firefighter, had to work over Christmas. He had Thanksgiving off, so the trade-off is he had to work Christmas. Mm. So to make sure we had everyone together, we went on the 23rd, opened gifts with the nieces and nephews and the cousins and the aunts and the whole the whole spiel uh let's see on the 24th we actually came back down spent christmas eve at our place and then the 25th i drove down and picked up our good family friend chase from about 40 minutes south of us in santa cruz and then brought him back up we did a small low-key christmas here a few more gifts watching terrible christmas movies perfect and that was it we didn't yeah we we i don't like big crazy family holidays well, then we had New Year's. That's right. That happened. Yeah. I don't remember what we did. <laughs> I think we just stayed home with a kid and watched movies. With a that's, kid, it's hard to imagine like trying to go out on New Year's. That's parent life right there. Yes. Yes, it is. What did you, you do for New Year's? I went to lots of random places with some Kate's friends. Um, it was because a lot of my friends are gone or they're all coupled off. And so it's like, I don't have a lot of people here to like hang out with as far as hey, like, you're coupled off now too. though. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I hang out with her friends. Cause her friends are all living in town. My, my friends are mostly live elsewhere and stuff. So I just, yeah, I, we hang out with her friends and went to a place downtown and, um, it was crowded and bad and we'll never do it again. <laughs> yeah, that's legit. Never no, go out terrible. to a bar for uh, New Year's after 30. It's just a horrible idea. No, God. That's what your <laughs> 20s are for. I know. And I hated it in my 20s, too. Oh, uh, but yeah. But now uh, we're here. Yeah, now we're here. But yeah, so it sounds like we both had a pretty good holiday season. 
And we're just going to forget 2016 and move forward. Yep. Into a new terrible year. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, oh. but, and to usher in that, that new terrible year, we're going to start up with an old favorite, Nerd News. Woo! It's time for Nerdy News. All right. So I guess I'll start us off. All right. Uh, something. Play it again, Sam. I'm happen to be pretty excited about the Han Solo solo film coming up soon. <laughs> solo. <film>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but it's going to be taking place 10 years before A New Hope, the first Star Wars, um, and also the events of Rogue One, therefore. And uh, I like the guy who's cast. I can't remember his name because it's weird, but he has some of the same swagger and look of uh, Harrison Ford, so that's pretty okay. cool. Uh, but they just cast uh, Woody Harrelson in an unknown role in the Han Solo film. I know that and there's a lot of rumors flying around about what role it's going to be, but nothing's been confirmed right. yet. And I don't think it's going to be any character we've known before, but I think uh, I listen to Nerdist News and they have a good theory that it's somebody who will be a mentor-like figure and kind of teach him that swagger that he develops later on. Because I could see Woody Harrelson being kind of Han Solo-esque, you know, because he could be good at, good at that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Woody, I love Woody Harrelson and pretty much everything he's done recently. Yeah, he's just he's kept his career going somehow throughout the years. I don't know how he did that. Yeah. The guy from and Cheers. And he kind of dropped out of sight for, I don't a know, little I, feel while. Like, I feel like a decade almost. Because I remember that movie Kingpin I loved as a, you know, growing up. That was yeah. fun. I and, feel like uh, the, the late 90s to like the mid to early 2000s, he like didn't do anything. And then he just emerged back like a, like a Yeti from its cave and walked <laughs> blurrily into frame. A Woody Phoenix. <laughs> but uh, also the guy who played Cassie and Andor in Rogue One. Did you see Rogue One? No, we want to. Oh, I baby were... man, baby. <laughs> I thought you were going to obtain it somehow. Um, we, uh, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I can sometimes storks do deliver films to me, but that's the kind of movie that I know I'll be really disappointed if I don't watch it the right way the first time. Yeah, you want to see it at least in high definition. Yeah, exactly. And storks, you know, have notoriously bad copies of movies. And shaky hands and bad zooming. And yeah, storks, that's what they get. They only have, like, they got just like talents. They don't have. Like, they're really bad at producing film. <laughs> Go figure. But uh, yeah, one, no, we have not seen it. Well, one of the guys in Rogue One, um, who's just a new character that we've not seen before, uh, he was being interviewed on a red carpet and they were saying, will you be um, in the Han Solo film? And no one really thought about that. But he suddenly was just like, I don't, I uh, can't uh, say things, stuff, and where, what's that over there? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> so he didn't give them an answer. So he may have some role in that, surprisingly. Was it uh, Diego Luna? Yes, thank you. Diego Luna. Yeah. Well, he actually got, he got in trouble a little bit. Um, so his family came on set for a huge chunk of the summer filming that they did. Uh, and he caught his son, his like nine-year-old son, trying to pick up teenage girls in the pool by telling them secrets about the movie. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he got in a little bit of hot water for that. So he's probably just trying to be extra good now. I would imagine. Just not say anything. <laughs> yeah. Diego Luna. So, yeah, that's my little bit of nerdy news there. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, so one of the, <laughs> uh, we'll call it a galaxy far, far away. Why not? Perfect. That's what I'll call it. It makes it makes sense for both stories now. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, so they have finally found. So the, in 2007, this phenomenon called fast radio burst was discovered by accident because they happened to be pointing a telescope at the right part of the sky 
at the right moment. And so there are these quick microbursts of radio waves that call it cause interference. And so for years, it became like, well, we were able to reproduce this by putting a microwave next to, you know, next to the telescope. It's not a real phenomenon. Uh, and then a few years ago, they finally pr proved that these short radio bursts had been coming from space. So they finally proved that. But now they had to figure out where the hell they were coming from. And they're very difficult because you have to be watching the right area of space at the right time to, to catch these things. They're very, mm -hmm. very fast. Um, and so they found, uh, finally, they've identified the location that these, that these fast radio bursts are coming from. And it is a, uh, a, a small system three billion light years away. Jeez. That is giving off these short burst radio waves. And so for a while, scientists were proving that there was some sort of mathematical rhythm to it. And there was this big hoopla about aliens. But then as more and more scientific groups started looking at it, they're like, nah, there's no math there. The pattern doesn't repeat. Like, it's not. So they, they basically proved that that's not it. That's not um, man or not uh, made by intelligence, basically. Right. Um, but they know that the area has a massive black hole close to it. So they're not sure if it's uh, like plasma interacting with that black hole or the black hole causing some other phenomenon that we haven't ever seen. Because we haven't, see, haven't seen them. Right. But we finally have identified three billion light years away where these where these radio bursts are coming from. But not really an idea what they are still. No, because they're so far away that there's like we can hypothesize. But if it's something we haven't seen before, I mean, shit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so that's my nerdy, nerdy news story. And then my other news story isn't so much a news story as I discovered what may be one of the most ridiculous premises for a film I've ever heard. And they actually made this movie. Okay. The movie is called Crust. It's a British film. And it's about an ex-boxer who buys a giant prawn that's the size of a human and teaches it how to box. What the hell? And then uses it to try to get his life back on track. He has a romantic relationship with this giant prawn. Like a shrimp, basically. Yes. <laughs> God. Uh, and it ends with him selling or like putting, getting the shrimp involved with this fake gladiator TV show. And then everything goes haywire. Uh, the, there's one or two notable people that I like at least have seen them before. One of them is uh, Mr. Tibbs from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Okay. He plays the boxer who trains a shrimp to box and then they fall in love. And it's called Crust. It's called Crust. I'm looking this up now. It's. I. Somebody put like a really truncated like seven minute version of it online with just sort of like a super cut of the most insane stuff from it. It is nuts. It is just nuts. Is it? It's coming out soon, or it already came no, out? No, this came out years ago. 2003. Yeah. A pub owner purchases a giant shrimp that is washed up on the English shore, teaches it to box, and hits the road in search of fame and fortune. Wow, there's not even a picture of, like, <laughs> anything. Um, it's, I'm, and so I just had to share with the internet and our, and our listeners that this movie exists and was made. Wait, and how'd you find this? It, Reddit, yo. Oh, of course, Reddit. What else could it be? <laughs> um, it's, I don't even, I can send you the link. It's insane looking. 
that that this somebody put millions of dollars into this project. Oh God! And the other, the worst part is the shrimp actually looks really good. They obviously spent a lot of money on the shrimp. <laughs> We're always giving you guys great suggestions of things to watch and to read. Check out Crust, everyone. <laughs> Two thousand three. Uh, it's gem. from a media th- place called Fort Mark Films. Made it. Wow. It's terrible. Uh, so yeah, so the part of my nerdy news is that that movie exists. <laughs> That's very similar to the. I just saw a video about this movie called uh, Monster Trucks. And it's basically yes, that's <laughs> trucks that were are controlled by monsters, but they're friendly monsters and they compete against each other or something. And they made it for one hundred and fifteen million dollars. And now they're not going to release it because they, they already projected that it will fail. So it's like going to be more expensive to release it than to not release it or something. Yeah, I think that's happened to films in the past. So let's put it straight to video or something. But man, oh, one hundred and fifteen yeah. million dollars. Digital download, throw it on iTunes. And Danny yeah. Glover's in it. So, I mean. It's got to be. Great. He's produced nothing but gems recently. So. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jenny Glover. He apparently never gets too old for this. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, crust. Check it out or don't. So I guess that moves on to our feature, our review of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Wrath God. of Khan. All right, so as uh, you're the person here more in the spotlight, uh, what's your initial impression? Well, you've already seen this movie before, obviously. but Yeah, but I, I did re- refresh and rewatch it today. Me too. Um, so I feel like they took everything that was really bad about the original motion picture. Yes. And they just cut that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> and cut it down. They really cut down the amount of panning over models of things with very intense symphony music. Uh, they took out a lot of just panning through empty parts of a ship to get like ambiance. Mm-hmm. There's a lot less dramatic stares for extremely long periods of time in front of the camera. Um, they made it much more... Star Trekky in that there's a lot of figuring and um like finding the smarter way to do stuff. Yeah, like there's still battles and everything, but that they still have to use their brain to get out of situations. I mean, the whole thing focuses on the Kobayashi Maru throughout the whole movie, the mm-hmm. unwinnable scenario and I don't believe in unwinnable scenarios. <laughs> you cheated. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, you're right though. They took I think we wouldn't have had such a great Star Trek 2 if the first one hadn't have been so boring. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I completely, absolutely. I know I didn't say bad. I just said boring because the first one yeah. is boring. Uh, and you get to see the return of of a villain that I'm wondering if when this, the, you know better for the old show because the con was only in that one episode, right? Like, yeah, Space Seed. S- Space Seed. Um, was that like a fan favorite episode? Like, was he the favorite villain of the original series and everyone Not really. wanted more? Or was this sort of a shot out of left field? Well, what I kind of read was that, um, uh, what's his name? Not, not Harv Bennett. It was, yeah, I think it was Harv Bennett and the director. They were looking through old episodes for ideas of what movie they should do for the sequel. And 
they just found this one and, and on top of it being a great story and how they left him on a planet at the end of the episode and they said maybe we should come back in 100 years and see what kind of civilization they develop They're like oh that's kind of interesting and also ricardo montalban was really big on fantasy island at the time yes he was and he was in the original episode so they're like oh let's just do this so it's kind of like a a research project and they kind of picked this one okay being i just wasn't idea. sure if there was a lot of hype around khan and that's why they're like yeah we gotta bring back khan yeah, I don't know back then if it was like considered a fan favorite because now all, it's all through the lens of how good this movie was. Therefore, Space Sea must true. be great, you know. And but then space- on top of that, them choosing to use Khan again for the second chapter of the start, the new reboot Star Trek movies. I think further Joyce, Joyce just yelled out, Khan! Yes, Khan! <laughs> good job, Joyce. Um, <laughs> um, okay, cool. I just wasn't sure. Yeah, that's what I've gathered through stuff I've read and that kind of thing and behind the scenes jazz. But um and then and then I like that you get to see you get to see Spock the captain. Yeah, very measured, very. And then, you know, uh, Shatner's what an admiral, is that right? Mhm. Uh Shatner's moved up in the ranks, but he shouldn't he doesn't want to be behind a desk anymore. You shouldn't be tra- you can't change Shatner down. <laughs> no, he's got to jump over cars and Wear different, wear different wigs. That's right. <laughs> Girdles. Well, a big theme of this movie that uh, they actually had to argue with Shatner about a little bit was embracing the fact that they're all old now. And yeah. like in the first movie, they tried to ignore that. And this one, they're like, they talk about it throughout the movie, how they're aging and they don't want to feel old. And let's let the, little, the young kids take over. And, and so yeah. I, that's what made the movie so grounded and feel real. Yeah. Then you got Kirstie Alley playing a, a Vulcan. Yeah, so many cheers people today. A Vulcan, a Vulcan Romulan. Yes. I, just, I read the, the trivia on that, that she's supposed to be Vulcan and Romulan, but they cut out almost everything from that storyline. And it would make things make more sense because she cries, she says, damn, she does all this stuff. It's like, why didn't they leave that one scene in or one line to explain that? Yes, absolutely. It's kind of ridiculous. Well, that's, that's one of my big bugaboos with movies, when they could fl- fix giant plot holes with like two lines of dialogue. Yeah, like I'll never forget the Thank You for Smoking movie where um, it's J.K. Simmons talking about, I think it's J.K. Simmons, about making a movie in space. And then somebody says, well, if you smoke a cigarette in space, won't it uh, blow up or the oxygen or something like that? He's like, oh, we'll just throw in a line about some uh, contraption that fixes that. It's no problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's what you should do. <laughs> um, the same thing they did, too, with um, uh, there's a young s- s- tiny officer uh, or you know intern on the ship. And later on, he dies from burns, and Scotty carries him to the bridge for some oh, reason. Yeah. And they're all distraught over him being dead. Well, apparently, that's supposed to be like his nephew. Uh-huh. And they cut that scene out of the movie. <laughs> so he now stays he's... at his post, Captain, while everyone else ran. Exactly. <laughs> and now it makes no sense. Like, why does he care so much about this one crewman? I'm yeah, sure all, there's a bunch died. of other dead people. But this yeah. is, they fell in love. That's what happened. <laughs> they fell. They fell in love. Yeah, it could have been his lover. Who knows? Scotty Doohan just wanted that young Starfleet ass, <laughs> and took Anna, what was his. Is Anna beating your baby? Yes, every night. <laughs> every night. Oh, oh man, she's real mad. <laughs> what is she so mad about? I don't know. She's a baby. It doesn't matter. Is this usually her nap time? No, she doesn't. She just doesn't sleep. Like she doesn't nap. It's awful. She never sleeps. Like, she sleeps at night, but you always, like, the way we were conditioned, the way we knew is that, like, babies sleep a lot. That may not be the case, everyone. Oh, God. Like, we're lucky if we get to her to take, like, two 40-minute naps during the day. Oh, no. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. But who knows? And that's like a real cry. Like she also has different levels of fake crying. Oh. We're like, she's obviously just trying to get our attention. Yeah, for food or for something or change yeah. my diaper. And at first we freaked out, but now we know them. So like when she turns it up an extra notch, I'm like, ah shit, something she's actually mad about something. Where were we? Um, <laughs> Doohan taking a Starfleet lover. That's where we left <laughs> off. My lover's dead. He's blown yeah, up. Yeah, just those little bits of like two lines of dialogue that would have fixed massive plot holes. But yeah. that's problems with all movies, not just this movie. But something I saw in this movie I love so much, which made it such a good movie with what it had, was they're showing Kirk's home like in San Francisco, San Francisco mm-hmm. and all the detail and the props and the ships and the, you know, the swords and all his memorabilia. And I was like, that's really cool. It tells a lot about his character just from panning over these props. Like, that's great, good yeah. movie making. And then later on, he has a scene with Bones where Bones says, you know, uh, don't you want to get out there before you become part of your, part of this collection? You know, like and saying, get out there and be mm-hmm. a captain again. And I was like, that's great dialogue. Like, this is stuff that's yeah. n- not usually this tight in a Star Trek movie. <laughs> no. Actual good filmmaking. See, I agree that they did a good job of, as always, show, show me, don't tell me. Right. And less dialogue that means more, make it more compact. Yeah. Um, but for the other movie, we did a slight overview for like Muppet, uh, Muppet movie of just kind of what happens. So, uh, what uh, you, what, okay. What, yeah. So it starts with Kobayashi Maru, right? Right. So it starts with Kirstie Alley in the captain's chair doing the Kobayashi Maru, an unpassable test, which she, uh, she does not pass. And for some reason, all the top officers act in this test. For some reason. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be other students? <laughs> I don't get that part. So then she it's revealed that Spock is now captain. She's part of his new kind of fledgling untested crew. Admiral Kirk comes aboard. Everyone puts on a big show for Admiral Kirk and they go out to do a training exercise, right? Mm-hmm. While out on a training exercise, they get a distress call. Of course. Uh, so then we cut over to a or maybe right before that, we cut over to a different ship that is investigating dead planets for this new thing called the Genesis Project, which they don't tell you about yet. They get into a little bit, yeah. A little bit. You have an idea. They're looking for dead planets. Mm -hmm. Um, They land on this planet, run into some gnarly dudes, ends up, it's their old pal Khan, who was abandoned on this planet 15 years before by Captain Kirk uh, and and now wants his revenge. Almost the, you know, most of his people have died with the exception of, you know, a dozen, maybe two dozen people. Uh, they take sandworms, put them in Chekhov, and I can't remember the, the other captain's name. Ty- Terrell, I think. Captain Terrell. Put them in his ear, make them call in this distress call, which then Kirk and this fledgling crew answer. Well, he, he, he does a, a call to the Genesis station under the control of Khan, saying, we're coming over to pick up the Genesis project. We'll be there soon. Oh, that's and then, right. And, and then, then Carol Marcus calls in, saying, what the hell? Why'd you put in this order, Kirk? Yeah, and Kirk, then, why? This is your fault. And then the, the transmission breaks up, and then they go. Yep, exactly. So then in the meantime, Oh, Khan, real quick, that earworm thing is one of my worst nightmares. That's like the most gross <laughs> thing. Something crawling in my ear and living there is just, it's always been a terrifying fear of mine. Uh, mine is to wake up tomorrow and find a Donald Trump growing on my ass. <laughs> he kind of already is on all of our asses yes. collectively. Uh, <laughs> uh, so in the meantime, Khan and his and his crew take over the ship that was being captained by Captain Terrell. 
and abandoned that crew on, uh, was it SETI 6? SETI Alpha 5. SETI Alpha 5. Abandoned them on that, that deserted planet. She is so mad. Ooh, she's doing the <laughs> gargling scream. Yeah, she's so upset. <laughs> she's a velociraptor. <laughs> we actually call her baby pterodactyl. <laughs> um, so Kirk and his untested crew show up to investigate. And they can't find anybody. Yeah, they go to the station, right? Right. Well, first they find that everyone's dead on the station that they can find. And then there we go. They're looking around and they find uh, Chekhov and Terrell who seem we're, we are totally fine now. We're totally not still under the control of that earworm. Yeah. Ca- Captain, they put it in my ear. <laughs> yeah, that. It was terrible. The USS Reliant. That's the ship they stole. There we go. Yes. Oh, maybe Vlad- Vladimir Putin put one of these earworms inside of Donald Trump. That's oh. what happened. Here, put this in your ear. It'd be very good for you. So then the Enterprise and the Reliant meet up. Khan, you know, Kirk not knowing that Khan has taken over the other ship. Khan plays it cool and then tries to ambush the Enterprise. Mostly successfully. For the most part, until Spock pulls something out of his ass and has some sort of access code to shut down the computer. On the Reliant. An access code that was specifically designed in case a Starfleet like vessel was hijacked to shut mm-hmm. down their computers. And then Enterprise fights back and they both basically end up disabled in space. Yep. They beat the hell out of each other, basically. Yep. So then Kirk and a team beam back down to the lab, right? To the Genesis right? Station. Yeah. The Genesis Station, where they do finally find survivors. They get things straightened away. Kurt meets meets his son. David. I get David, who's kind of a dick. Yeah. Very he's pretentious. A little, he's a little bit of dick. Um, <laughs> uh, at which point, Chekhov and Tyrell turn on them. They've been spies this whole time. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, and then Chekhov fights it, and Tyrell has no choice, and then commits suicide via phaser. <laughs> As to not shoot Kirk. As to not shoot Kirk. He does the right thing and vaporizes himself. And this whole time, uh, Kirk is tricking Khan into believing that their ship is uh, totally disabled. So he has a fake conversation with Spock over the the radio because he knows he's probably being listened to. And he's like, I'm sorry, Captain. It won't be ready for another six days. And it's really, he meant six hours. So he has six hours. Yeah, just delay six hours. And uh, so they get beamed out of there and they get to put on a fight. Well, again, that's right. <laughs> and you'll notice that Khan and Kirk are never on screen together at the same time. They're yeah, never... I read about that. It's because uh, Montemon was filming Fantasy uh, Island, Fantasy Island. And so to film around that, they didn't have any actual scenes together. Yeah, which is a shame because that would have been great. Oh, I would have loved to see a fist fight. Apparently, they had a sword fight originally scheduled, but they had to just take it out. Dude, I would love to see Ricardo Montemon fencing. <laughs> yes. He would, um, kick, he would kick Kirk's ass. So then the Enterprise kicks the crap out of the Valiant. What's it called again? Yeah, Reliant. Valiant. Reliant. Reliant. Kicks the crap out of the, the Reliant. And Khan, who's like half his face is melted. It's real. It's a little bit gnarly, even for Star Trek. Yeah. Um, launches uh, whatever the hell. Uh, photon torpedo. Oh, no. He launches the, the Genesis He's trying to, or right, he's, he's activating the Genesis uh, weapon thing. So basically it becomes, it's going to blow up um, and they'll be too close to it when it happens. It's going to create new life by destroying all the old life. 
Right. And the Enterprise is too close, so it'll blow up too. If they don't reactivate and fix something in the warp core to make it so they can warp out of there. Yeah. Um, so the USS Enterprise is kind of disabled at a really terrible time. And Scotty comes out and says, we can't do it. The warp core is misaligned, maybe. That sounds right. Sure. Uh, and so Spock knocks out McCoy and goes in to fix it himself, knowing that he won't come out. And he, he does the Vulcan nerve pinch on him after tricking him. Like, oh, you're right. I shouldn't do it. Uh, what's going and on then, over there? Whoop. And then mind melds with him. <laughs> yeah. Says, which Remember. <laughs> which is weird that they have that because these are all little things that will come into play in the third movie. And they were sure that time that Spock wasn't coming back. So uh-huh. it's weird that they somehow put those in there. I guess maybe forcing him to do that just in case he was going to come back, which is good because he does. And that becomes very important. Right, in the and next Spock movie. was like a very beloved character. I think it'd be foolish for them to not have him come back. Well, yeah, he was, but he was tired of it. He didn't want to do it anymore. And he wanted to start directing. That's why he directed uh, Three Men and a Little Baby. That was Nimoy. <laughs> Let- Leonard Nimoy directed Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> Very successful movie. That's awesome. It was like one of the top grocers of that year. I mean, considering who was it? Tom Selleck, who was huge. Ted Danson, he was huge. Steve Gutenberg. And Steve Gutenberg, who was my, I guess he was kind of popular, I guess. At the time. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then his so, directing career didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. So Spock gets things back up and, up and going. He's locked in because the whole thing, the whole room is flooded with radiation. And Kirk gets to come down gets called to come down just in time I'll say a final sad farewell to his good friend Spock I have been and always shall be your friend and he does the Vulcan live long and prosper sign it was very through, the, through the glass yeah it's, and- it's a nice moment it's a really nice moment that I'm really ashamed that in the reboot they cheapened they did that like moment. they so basically heinous. remade this movie and just for no reason and it didn't make any sense. Right. And I yeah, I just hated uh, And they didn't like, even try to make a new like a con that looked anything like con in this film. Like it can't even be the same person because everyone else in the Star Trek movies looks like their counterparts in the old show. So why is Khan completely different? A thin British man. Yeah. I don't understand. Well, I mean what I hated was well, I loved it at first, and then it got real cheap, which was that they reversed the, the Kirk and Spock. Kirk is the one that goes in to realign, right? you know, in the new one, to go and realign whatever the hell. He's the one that dies. And so I was like, oh, my God, that's a brilliant setup for the next movie, is but, that instead of the search for Spock, it's the search for, search for Kirk. But instead, they save him with magical con blood. They save him with magical blood. <laughs> Which they should be using for everything on, now. Star Trek, yeah. They're- what the? If you can, yeah. I hope you. God, it's terrible. But yeah, I. Well, the I argument really- against that people have brought up on different podcasts and stuff mm-hmm. is that they now have a new version of of Spock and Kirk, especially in that um, Spock is much more volatile and weird because his whole planet blew up, and so he's having a lot more trouble controlling his human emotions, and he he couldn't just make the cold logical decision, just go in there and save everybody. Of course. Because he was too afraid or too many emotions. So they switched it and made it so like Kirk was... I guess I can see that angle, but it was still it still cheapens it. Yeah. Well, once it, it, it was brilliant until the magic blood. And yeah. then every, it wiped away any respect I had for the end of that film. They weren't like actually ta- making that decision. 
they were but in like, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, men were men. They did it right. They died and they stayed and dead. Spock died. He didn't stay dead. Well, for one movie. But Spock died. <laughs> Uh, and then the movie ends with a very sad them want them putting Spock into a photon torpedo. Yes, but I love I love that speech though when he says I've never met anyone more human. It was very very cute, very touching. <laughs> uh, and then they shoot his coffin at the new planet that's been created with all the life. Uh, and the movie ends with I think a final shot of the just the coffin on intact on the surface of the planet. <laughs> She's being strangled. She's so mad. <laughs> but one great thing about this movie, I love the iconic lines and those scenes we were just talking about are very iconic. Yeah. They've gone down in film history, not just Star Trek history. Um, and Revenge is a Dispenser of Cold, and it's very cold in space. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just cheesy, but also it's delivered by him. It's fine because he's delivering that line. Right, because it's Ricardo Montalban. Right. <laughs> Any other highlights for you? Or um, bad points? No, I mean, once again, I think they really, they really took the feedback from the first film and didn't do any of that shit. And I think that's why this one was so successful and why this one pretty much across the board is everyone's favorite of the old films. Right. Like, I, I still think my favorite is, I know everyone hates this, but Star Trek Generations, because I love the fact that it has both the captains and it's, um, it's a very talky movie. And Oh, I, I wouldn't consider that part of the old films, though. It's like a, the bridge between the two. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. But, um, but uh, yeah, the old films. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, but uh, I really like the whale one a lot. <laughs> oh, I love the whale one. So we'll get to that love one eventually. the whale one. Um, yeah, the whale one's great. <laughs> but yeah. uh, until way. then, Wrath of Khan is going to have to do. Absolutely. So a couple funny trivia things I found. There was too much to go through all of it, but this is a funny one. Many of the actors playing Khan's henchmen were Chippendale dancers at the time of filming. <laughs> they just found guys who looked hunky and put them on there. That's right. Uh, oh, and the other one I mentioned, which was a draft of the script had Khan defeating, defeating Kirk in a sword fight, and which would have been cool. But we didn't get to see that. Uh, I know that the guy who played Scotty had a heart attack like two weeks before filming started, and they made a reference to it somewhere in the movie. Yeah, that was crazy. I, just, I read that too. I did not know that. Uh, also the fact that Chekhov and Khan recognize each other, despite the fact that Chekhov was not on the first season of Star Trek when the episode happened. Right. And they've explained that being like, well, he was just in the ship somewhere. He just wasn't on screen. <laughs> right, right. Like maybe, maybe he wasn't at that high rank yet. So he wasn't on the bridge. And apparently that, uh, Walter Koenig, Koenig who plays Chekhov says mm -hmm. in his mind, he made a, he was in the bathroom and when he got out Khan had been waiting there for half an hour and so he's like that's that's the story he has in his mind of how he met Khan the first time <laughs> for some reason uh and then a lot of people credit this with going much smoother and going much along more along with the budget for the fact that Gene Roddenberry was removed from the show as a producer yeah he wasn't being removed a pain from in the movie as a producer uh, yeah apparently he kept nitpicking and one things changed and wanted rewrites of the script and they had to reshoot and he just slowed everything down it's just like when they get rid of George Lucas out of things things get better that's right, <laughs> Lucas. They get too much ego and control over everything, and they just can't let delegate and let things go. Mind you, ILM did do a good chunk of the visual effects for this movie. Yeah, that's some of the some groundbreaking stuff that hadn't been done before. So it's yeah. pretty cool. It's kind of how ILM uh, got it. And then I've got some Henson connections. Oh, yeah. Um, mostly in the visual effects because uh, people that work with ILM, uh, like Lucas, worked with Henson on a few things, and so. 
Craig Barron, who's an Oscar winner, and Michael Pag- uh, Pagrazio did visual effects for Labyrinth. And Chris Evans and Neil something or other did. There's just a lot of crossover in that world. Especially considering it's all in Britain. Oh, yeah. Well, it's crazy. There's always Star Trek connections, and then now there's Muppet connections everywhere. And then there was one guy, I think Craig Barron, who uh, was a stuntman on Wrath of Khan and the Muppet movie. Really? Yes. <laughs> Uncredited in both. Guy gets around. Yeah, he does. Oh, uh, the guy who played the, uh, Captain Terrell later yep. is in a very famous episode of Star Trek Next Generation called Darmok, which is okay. uh, a fan favorite. So people who are out there are Trekkies will know what I'm talking about. But he, he oh, played. Yeah, with the, the um, species that speaks all in like simile Fa- fables, or whatever. Fables, yeah. <laughs> yeah Darmok yeah, yeah. and Jalada Tanagra. I didn't realize that was him. Shaka when the walls fell. <laughs> I only know that um, one of my coworkers uh, grew up watching Star Trek. And so whenever we're opening boxes and processing stuff, she'll throw episodes up on Netflix. And that was on just the other day. Oh, nice. It's the only reason I have any actual reference to it. It's a great episode. Um, but yeah, I, overall, Heads and Tails is a better, a better movie than the, than the first one. And I think when we get in the third and the fifth and sixth, they're just kind of... Uh, Meh, they're not bad like or boring like the first one, and they're not terrible. But right. I'm just kind of like, what are we watching? But uh, <laughs> four is, is fantastic, <laughs> and six is fun too. Yeah, but we'll get there. Yeah, but until we get there, it's time for some trailer reviews. Here to Play on Nerds, we have developed an interesting rating system to bring to you our ideas on the trailers we're about to review. At the low, low end of the scale, we have Burn It, where we think you should find every copy you can get your hands on and throw it into a barrel fire. Kill it with fire. <laughs> and our next step is Drunk Watch, which means that, yeah, I'd watch this movie. It'd be entertaining if I was under the influence of some kind of substance of some kind. But if I was sober, probably not going to check this thing out. No, nope, not going to see it. Next, we've got We'll See, which is maybe we just don't know enough about this movie to tell what the hell it's going to be. Could be good, could be bad, not sure. Eh. And our next category would be Get the Couch Ready, which means I'm definitely going to check this movie out at home. Wouldn't necessarily pay the big bucks to see it in theaters, but I'm definitely going to watch it at home, so get that couch ready. After that, we have Take a Look, where we are recommending for you, our viewers and listeners, to check out this movie and check out the trailer and tell us what you think about it. We, we wanted to see what you guys think. It looks pretty good, but we're not quite sure yet. Yeah, take a look. Yeah. Let us know. And for our final and best category, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. Shut up and take my money. This looks so awesome, we're going to see it. That's where we cannot wait to give Hollywood bigwigs all of the money that we have earned at work to go see a film for $47. We're so excited, we just have to go see it. We have, we don't have a choice. And that is our A Play on Nerds official copyrighted trademark system for rating our movie trailers. So I guess the uh, first one we'll talk about, which was just uh, premiered on Jimmy Kimmel Live the other night, and now it's out mm-hmm. on the internet, which is Chips, another remake of things. Um, off the 70s or 80s TV show? Maybe late 70s, early 70s? 80s? Yeah, that sounds right. We're the California Highway Patrol. California. This job is crucial. California. Without us out there... Come on! No one can get hurt! California Highway Patrol think they have some crooked cops. They want you to go on the inside. 
Go in the cover within the department? That's awesome. We put you with a rookie named John Baker. So who am I playing? Francis Llewellyn Poncharello. Are the first two female names? <laughs> John, I like you. You remind me of my husband. He is really handsome. You've had 23 surgeries. You can ride a motorcycle, I'll give you that. Yes, ma'am. Like a mother. No. <clears throat> What's up, I'm John. Pontrella. Awesome, man, we're partners. Let's kick this off with the real what? thing. Oh, dude. You're homophobic or whatever, that's cool. No, 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 no. You think I'm homophobic? John Baker? The Baker? Oh, oh. CHP. Pretty badass. Being all suited up for battle. What, looking like UPS drivers? Super cool. Go brown, right? This job is my one shot at saving my marriage. What are you wearing? It's my uniform. It's like you're three beers too intimate. I'm a tough motorcycle cop. I got no emotion. What's your job? Find the dirty cops. Check it. You're FBI. Yep. Hey, we need to focus. Are you kidding me right now? I'm just like kind of powerless when it comes to yoga pants, you know? Let's get you out of this parking lot. You have a visible erection. You think you can ride with that? I don't know. We don't know who in this department is in on this. We're like Jay-Z and Beyonce. We are ride or die. I'm Jay-Z. What's your 20? I'm northbound. Punch is southbound. You screw up this case. You're fight. You've got a legitimate lead. We have a suspect's head. That's a victory. Nasty. I was trying Just damn nasty. I need to get into some warm water. I'm not going to carry you there. I saved your life oh yesterday. Oh, my God. I knew you were going to bring it up. Grab me and get it over Fine. with. No, 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 no. There was no contact. I could have swore I felt either your nose or your lips. Nope. It might have been like a, a, little, like a little bit of contact. <laughs> Which Star Trek connection, the uh, Caucasian star of Chips was is Chris Pine's father. Chris Pine being the star of the new Star Trek movies. Really? Yep. His name is something Pine. I'll look it up. Let's see. 77 to 83 it ran. Okay, and what's that actor's name? That is uh, Eric Estrada. No, that's the other one. Larry Wilcox. Larry Wilcox, that's the guy. The, the whiter of the two names, got it. So I guess he took his mother's name. Or he changed it all together like almost every actor does now. That's true. Well, that's like uh, I found out that if I ever wanted to go into like the acting biz... I couldn't do it as Stephen Bauman because Stephen Bauman was some silent film era minor actor. And so because of that, he's already registered with the Actors Guild. And spelled the same way and everything? Yeah. And so I couldn't use my own name. Huh. If that was something I wanted to do, and yeah, it's just one of those weird things. And well, a lot why, of people change their names because of that. That's why you have Samuel L. Jackson, because the same type of thing. He had, they put a letter in their name just to add on to it because there's already a Samuel Jackson in, in equity and the unions. Yep. Um, but yeah. So anyway, chips. Back to chips. It chips. looks it looks okay. It looks like it should be fun. I, I feel like they are trying to catch to like cash in on the same feel and same mentality of like 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Which did better than anyone could have possibly imagined. And it was actually really well written and well done, I thought. Oh, For- and I love twenty I love twenty two jump street too. I can't remember that one as much, but <laughs> I do remember the first one being good. Um, and I, I feel like they're trying to cash in on sort of that momentum, which isn't a bad thing. It looks funny. I like Dak Shepard. I've liked him for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and, and Michael Pena was the 
was, in my opinion, the best part of Ant-Man. Yeah, I think Michael Pena is going to have starting a lot of roles soon because he's just um, kind of breaking out as yeah. a great Well, and that's the talent. other thing. He has a crazy long career. It's just only recently that he's hit any big, big roles. Right. They're pigeonholing him in like stereotypical roles and that kind of thing instead of giving him just freedom to play around. Yeah, but he has, yeah, he's got 83 credits on his IMDb page. That's acting. nuts. That is crazy. Yeah. And I have to do a correction here. Robert Pine is Chris Pine's father. He was the third main character on Chips. He's like their sergeant. Uh, so he's in like in all the cast photos and stuff, But because like the three of them, but he wasn't the main guy on the bike. Oh, I recognize him. Yeah, he's not a character actor for a long time now, too, but he was on Chips. I think he also played Jim Halpert's dad on one episode of The Office. I believe that. Yep, Gerald Halpert nailed it, Steve. Bam. <laughs> and he was the bishop in Frozen, apparently. Bam. Bishop. Bam. I don't think I actually actually saw Frozen. You never saw Frozen? I'm good. Don't <laughs> I'm good worry. You, you will later. <laughs> yes. Oh, my kid's not. That's going to be an old movie by the time. Yeah, I, Fro- I watched old Frozen movies. Frozen is going to be Lion King. I watched by Bambi and uh, Sword in the Stone and all those old Disney movies when I was growing up. That's true. Ugh. But anyways, Aaron and, I th- Aaron and I were thinking about that the other day. Like, you know, when I think of oldies that I grew up with, I think of stuff from like 60s, 70s, 80s. For Joyce, that's going to be like, it's going to be like the, the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. Britney Spears will be oldies by then. Yeah, what 80s music is to me, the music of the 20 teens will be to my daughter. Yeah. Like Justin Timberlake and stuff. He's, he's going to be like the equivalent of like David Bowie or something. <laughs> yeah, Bowie or Sinatra. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah, one of those. Oh, my God. Backstreet Boys would be Sinatra age. Yeah. Um, so, Chips, um, I'll give it a will see because I don't think I'll go see it in theaters, but it looks like a kind of movie that I would like to sit and laugh at at home. Yeah, like I, I think... I love watching silly comedies, even if they're really bad, uh, when I'm having a beer or two. So I put Drunk Watch. Okay. That's legit. Yeah. I'm not going to uh, see it in the theaters. The other movie, uh, which is War for the Planet of the Apes or War of the Planet of the Apes? I War 4, remember. I think. They're trying to fight War for it. for the Planet of the Apes. I did not start this war. I offered you. showed you mercy but now you're here to finish us off for good all of human history has led to this moment the irony is we created you and nature has been punishing us ever since This is our last stand, and if we lose, it will be a planet of apes. Uh, The third installment of the reboot of the Planet of the Apes films, uh, it looks like it's going to be more of what we love with the other ones. Looks like Ape Society has, has continued to develop a little bit more. Uh, human society has fallen under a harsh militaristic regime. My money says the you know they keep showing that little girl. Yeah, who's like with the apes. Uh, my money says that like helicopter crashes. Little girl is daughter of new president or something. They send a team to get her, find this crazy monkey society, and then decide they need to wipe it out. 
And also starring Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. I was so excited <laughs> when I first saw the pre- the the preview. He has all that like face makeup on for the first shot you see him, like the military makeup. Mm. I was like, is that him? And then later they showed him. I was like, yes. He's in everything now. Thank you. Um, and it's gonna be the big decisive battle. Yeah. Where the the only thing I don't like about this movie is that unless I am to understand they don't expect to make any more movies, the apes are gonna win. Right. I mean, that's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point. Right, right. The, the surprise is gone. We know how it ends. Right. It's, it's just, it's tough for me to, like, to be excited from that point of view, but I love the first two films. Yeah, they were great. Andy Serkis does a great job as, like, King, King Monkey. That man needs an Oscar. God, create a category for, they're going to have to eventually. Yeah. More and more stuff is going, like, computer graphics, uh, like, motion capture. They're going to have to. They won't have a choice. Just the range of faces and emotions that man expresses are incredible. From Gollum yeah. to King Kong to... Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, talk about a film he deserved an Oscar for. Jeez. Freaking Lord of the Rings. And now Snoke as well. Oh, yeah. But I'm excited. I'm excited to watch gorillas and, and orangutans shoot machine guns and throw spears and stuff. <laughs> it was fun in the last one. The only thing I don't quite get is that at the end they show man and monkey and ape fighting side by side well i'm imagining i saw that too and i'm thinking maybe it's like some defectors or some people who are like sympathizers because you always have that in every war you know so maybe some and they'll be like reviled by the other apes will be like those traitors you know but i think that right pretty normal or maybe there's a third a third faction faction involved that wants to work together or something yeah that's possible like maybe oh that would be interesting maybe you know, monk, ape society and human society have started to get along a little bit after the last encounter. Uneasy truce, and then the third party marches in. That ruins military everything. Military force. Yeah, that could be it. We'll see if we're right. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to give this one a shove and take my money. If, wow. we can get out of, if we can get the kid to someone and get to go see it, I would intend to spend money to see this movie. I was a maybe on the theaters, but I'll probably just do this as I get the couch ready. Fair enough. Yeah, but still, I'm excited about it. Be fun. <clears> oh, yeah. That being said, I get it. It is the third film in a in an installment. Kind of run out of steam. <laughs> we'll see. It, they, I've been amazed. I think that Star Trek and then uh, Planet of the Apes are the two reboots that I mind the least. Right, and the last Star Trek was actually really good. The third one was, it was the best so far. Oh yeah, it, it it made Into Darkness look. No, which one? The second one. Well, I was saying yeah, Into Dark Into Darkness. Yeah, the second one was a disappointment, and I thought the third one really pulled it back. Absolutely. Lighten it up a bit. Oh, yeah. Now if only DC movies can get their head out of their ass and make lightened up movies. Oh, God. They're, they're, DC, they're, they're going to go bankrupt trying to prove that they can compete. (laughs) And they can't do it. They can't. Well, people are still paying for the movies, so. This year they've got, what, Wonder Woman and Justice League coming out this year. Yep. And then Flash and then Cyborg and... Yeah, Cyborg is uh, now a 2019 film, I think. Aquaman is 2018, maybe. And then they're making a um, Shazam movie as well, Captain Shazam. Marvel. Shazam! Which is funny, it's called Captain Marvel, but it's actually a DC comic. That's why they had to call it Shazam instead of Captain Marvel. Huh. Because he just says the word Shazam and he becomes Captain Marvel. And isn't that The Rock? The Rock is playing the villain, um, Black Adam. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, another uh, something I'm going to recommend for our viewers because the hell with it. We can do whatever we want. It's our show. <laughs> uh, Netflix just released uh, Lemony Snicket, a series of unfortunate events. 
with Neil Patrick Harris, and it takes the movie with Rob, with um, Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey and just makes everything better. I didn't really. I don't even remember the movie. I saw it, but just for, didn't forget. Didn't you read it. the books? No. Because you dated some chick at some point who was really into those books. Oh, yeah, you're right. I have no idea who that was, though. <laughs> she must be forgettable it, like the movie. I highly, but I highly recommend it. Check it out. Netflix original, Neil Patrick Harris. That it, if you liked the movie with Jim Carrey, you're going to like this way more. Well, while we're at it, I will get some recommendations. Oh, yeah. Let's Hell, this would be like a new segment. If we watch Hell, enough, yeah. If we What's watch on Netflix, stuff. yo? Um, it's actually, I think, on Netflix. If not, you can find it somewhere. Sing Street is one of my new favorite movies. It was really good, hmm. really cute. Um, it's a musical made by the same guy who did Once. Um, I did not see Once, but I've heard that's good. <laughs> so, yeah. Sing it, Street. It's about Irish kids in, this, uh, in a, um, a Catholic school, and they're te- basically te- like just now becoming teenagers. And they want to impress a girl, so they make a band, and they do all these great 80s songs and stuff, and it's just it's really fun. So ah. I highly recommend it. And I also watched The Nice Guys since we last recorded. Great movie. A lot of fun. Uh, if you want a good sci-fi watch, uh, Travelers, which is a Netflix original. Yeah, I, Kate's I watching that right now. I, I really enjoy it. It's got some problems, but it's still very, very enjoyable. Hmm, nice. Yeah, ty- uh, people from the future send back their conscience to save us from ourselves in the past. And it's very painful when they enter their brain. Yes, yes, it is. That's the only part I saw. Yeah, I highly recommend. It's great. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And if you threw a party. So I guess that does it for this part of the show. But before we go, we have some special thanks to Mike or at Jarek. Who says, yeah, Jarek. Uh, for our last episode, thanks, guys. Your uh, your fortitude for enduring the Star Wars holiday special was inspiring on this first day back at work. <laughs> if we can do that, <laughs> you can do anything. <laughs> thanks, bud. Uh, Daniel Hitch says, no offense, guys, but Joyce had the best review with her crying. <laughs> he accurate. Says, 100% accurate. <laughs> and he also says, count me in for a Kung Pao rewatch. He actually wrote that out, which is amazing. <laughs> Chosen! I'm coming. <laughs> That's we, a lot of nuts. God, we should do a live watch of that one. That would be great. I would, I would be much more willing to do that. Just for our own sanity. Someday, if we can't think of an episode to do, that's our backup. We're going to do that. Deal. That's our deal with you, our viewers and listeners. Because I haven't watched that in like 10 years. It'd be amazing. Oh, man. It was so good. I'm still quoting it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever left a theater with my sides hurting and my face hurting. It was amazing. Yeah, Kung Pao. All right, but thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, Thank you for bearing with us through the Star Wars holiday special and coming back for more. Uh, As always, we'll be your co-hosts as long as you keep being our listeners. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can always check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash a play on nerds or check us out on Twitter and Instagram at a play on nerds. We're also streaming live game content all the time on twitch.tv slash a play on nerds fun videos and stuff to check out youtube.com slash play on nerds. And also please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review if possible, because that lets us be easily searched in the iTunes search 
index for podcasts. And that way we know if we stink. Exactly. Let us know if you hate us or you love us. That's always great. Check us out at our website, www.playonnerds.com, where all this content can be found at the tip of your fingers. And you can also always email us at anything at aplayonnerds.com. And then check us out on, I guess, Snapchat, maybe. <laughs> for dick or, or Tumblr, <laughs> Tumblrs, Periscopes. Uh, you could also throw a rock at us with a message on it. Carrier pigeons. We accept cassette tapes. <laughs> I love cassette tapes. We just want to hear from you. Yes, please send us anything you like at any social media outlets. However you do it, check us out. And how. Not really an idea what they are still. No, because they're so far away that it's like we can hypothesize. But if it's something we haven't seen before, I mean, shit. Yeah. And that's where a lesser person would say, well, therefore, God. Yep. <laughs> that's Jesus sending out uh, like Morse code. <laughs> I am the way and the truth and the light. <laughs> <laughs> There's our new hit single. I am the way, the truth and the light. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, uh.